That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. All right, we're back with another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I'm Dr. Kara. I'm Dr. Dave. Who do we have today? We have your good friend today. I had to call up my friend's <laughs> wife to get this, to get this uh, lovely, lovely guest that we have today. In her own right, not just because she's your friend. I'm really excited to talk to to, to uh, Dr. Christine today. Apparently we're a bit giggly today, but Yes, okay. we are. We've had fun pre-show, so we'll, we'll get Love serious. That. Christina, are we going to call you your maiden name or your, your married name today? Oh, gosh, Dave. Seriously, it's hilarious that you're starting with that. Well, call me, you can call me Castel, Dr. Castellanic, but Christina's fine, too. Go with, because Castellanic is long. Luxinic is long. Just go with Christina. Okay, Dr. We'll Christina. Dr. Christina. Okay. But people Dr. need to know Christina. your name. We need, we need to know your name. It's very helpful. So anyway, uh, Christina is like an angel without the wings. We don't, I don't, if she has wings, they're very tiny. But anyways, she's like an angel on earth and we're super pumped to have her here because she's smart. Thank and, you so much. Dave. Yeah, we... We, it's not like it's some some guests are really easy to get to to the top of the list. You're one of them, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's taken us a while to make it happen. But thanks so much for uh, for coming on the show. Um, what are we going to talk about today? I just want to say thank you, thank you for having me here, Dave. It's really nice to just be in your presence, and you too, Kara. This is the first time I'm meeting you, so very happy to be here with you guys today. A couple of angels meeting. That's nice. Oh, yeah, how nice. sweet is that? Well, <laughs> you can be sweet. We're getting people in the fields already, but yeah. we, we got to get them in the brain a bit too. So, um, we, so we're talking to Christina today because she's done uh, somatic experiencing uh, training. And do you want to maybe uh, just intro us a little bit to uh, the training or why you even got into it? One of those two things would be a great Sure. Story. Okay, so uh, yeah, I've been practicing naturopathic medicine for 10 years now, and about four or five years in, I thought to myself, people are really stressed out. Uh, how do I help them? And everything I had in my toolbox at that moment wasn't, to me, wasn't reaching the depth of what I really needed to reach with people. And so I searched, and I searched for myself as much as I did for my patients because I felt really uh, like I was struggling too as a practitioner, as a very new mother at the time. And so I got into somatic experiencing and started taking the courses. It's a three-year training program. And I became somatic experiencing practitioner in 2016. And so through that, I mean, somatic experiencing comes from the research done by Stephen Porges, PhD, called the polyvagal theory. And it really is just um, utilizes a very practical way so that we can sit across from a patient 
and help them work through stress responses that are stuck in their body, fight, flight, and freeze, that is stuck in the nervous system, and allow it to renegotiate so that we can return to a state of rest and digest, a state of heal and bond, so that we can return to the state more often and encourage the body to heal. Whatever your symptoms might be, physical, mental, emotional, uh, the body is able to heal, and we want to encourage that healing. So that's what the, the polyvagal theory offers to us, this opportunity to actually learn about the nervous system and how it functions so that we can help unwind stress, return you to rest and digest, and then the body can do what it naturally does, which is just work. Mm -hmm. So how much of the time are we supposed to be in... Well, I'm going to make a little assumption here. Mm -hmm. I would assume that most people know what rest and digest is. Maybe I shouldn't make that assumption because you know what happens uh, when you assume things. But um, basically rest and digest versus fight or flight is sort of like the old, old understanding of, of yes. that uh, part of the nervous system. Um, you talked about, uh, what did you say about uh, bond or, or what did you say? Heal and bond, yeah. yeah. Heal and bond. Do you want to? Do you want to maybe add that layer into the sort of? You could maybe touch on basically like fight or flight first because it's easy. Rest and digest. Sure. It's easy, old school, and then then maybe layer on a, specifically what this heal and bond thing is. Sure. Yeah. So we'll just then let's just go into in a simple way of explaining what the polyvagal theory is. Mm -hmm. So if you could imagine three dials in front of you, left, right, and one in the middle. And so if you were to think of your nervous system, we have the sympathetic state and the parasympathetic state. So the sympathetic state would be that dial on your far right. And when we dial that up, we get into a fight flight state. We, if you're in a fight state, you might feel angry, frustrated, your fists might clench, your jaw will likely tighten, your shoulders will go up. That's the physical expression, the emotional expression of your fight state. Then we have the flight response, which would likely look like emotionally anxiety, nervousness, maybe even excitement. And then physically, your body might want to rotate, move away from the threat. Your head and neck are going to be involved and your feet and your legs are certainly going to be involved. So that's the fight flight response. That's your sympathetic charge. Your body wants to get action moving, mobilize itself to get away from the problem. That problem might be your kids in the moment. That problem might be your coworker. That problem might be the sun. Like whatever you see as a threat in that moment, you're going to be having that response of turning up that dial. So that's your sympathetic nervous system. Then you have these two other dials. So this is where the polyvagal theory comes in. It's based on the vagus nerve. And so the vagus nerve, cranial nerve 10, comes from the brainstem. And you have the dorsal vagus and the ventral vagus. Our one knob on the far uh, left is going to be the dorsal vagus. And the dorsal vagus uh, stems from the dorsal nucleus in the brainstem, goes down underneath the diaphragm. And it innervates our guts, our stop, liver. Stop, stop, stop already. Yes. <laughs> is, if, in case anyone's lost. Is that, okay, so we got on the, was it the right side is the fight or flight? That's like pretty simple. Yes. Okay, yes. that's the simple part. Let's start with like what we know and build some foundations here. Fight so or good. flight, simple, right, good. Okay, 
Now, left side and the middle, which now we're getting a little bit more confused, but the, is this aspect, the dorsal uh, that you're talking about on the left side, is that yeah. dorsal aspect of the vagus nerve, is that the traditional rest and digest or is that an oversimplification? Yeah, so good, Dave. So that dorsal branch of the vagus nerve, when it's turned up all the way, when it's high dorsal, that's your freeze response. So there's fight, flight, and freeze. That's your freeze response. That's your totally overwhelmed, deer in the headlights, you're pretending to be dead because you don't want anyone to bother you. And it's a physiological response. You're not like thinking, I want to be dead. It's you're, you're just out of your body. You're disconnected. That's high dorsal. When you turn it down, that dial down to low dorsal, that's your rest and digest. Okay. That's where we just feel good. The stomach can kind of turn on all that bile flow and enzymes and all that juicy stuff starts happening and we can digest our food properly. So we want low dorsal tone in that dorsal vagus. Sarah is holding back now because you're talking about juicy stuff below the diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on though. So I, um, serious note again, uh, about, about that. So I thought high, I thought high vagal tone would be like more rest and digest. So that's, that's so, actually so, sort of wrong. Like, or well, the, so, wrong. so the center knob is your ventral vagus. So your ventral vagus, when it turns on, right, it, that knob turns up, then your dorsal vagus turns down, and your sympathetic charge turns down. So that's okay, what we Stay on the left. About. Stay on the left for a minute. <laughs> okay. So are they like clutch and brake or clutch and gas here? Like, so when you, because when you, we talked about the, the dorsal vagus is being like this rest and digest when it's turned down it's all good there's lots of juices flowing mm -hmm. and when it's turned up it's like freeze right yes. so i just yeah. want to make sure i have this are you with me here karen i'm i'm, I'm with her okay <laughs> i'm way behind apparently but that's what i do. i'm for the people that are a little behind anyway uh so so then what so then the middle knob the yes. ventral vagus it yes. goes up when the other when the when the right knob the dorsal vagus goes down are they like like, they're not they're not linked in that way like they don't go this is why they're all separate knobs okay so they're not um, one doesn't necessarily always decrease the other one but it helps and supports it there's actually a million things going on in our nervous systems in one instant so one doesn't control the other at all they're actually independent knobs and so if we help to stimulate this ventral vagus to turn on so just so that you're aware, this, this ventral vagus was only brought into our nervous systems when we became mammals. So the reason for this was we, we were first reptiles, then mammals, then humans. And so when we were reptiles, we really didn't need to cohabitate with one another very much. We just needed to procreate, move on, like that's it. And as we became mammals, we needed to become a herd. People needed to come together. And so this ventral vagus, this nerve, start, grew into innervating our facial muscles, our inner ear, our larynx, our pharynx, our throats, our heart, and our lungs. And so to come close to one another, I get to smile at you. And that actually turns up your vagal tone and turns down your threat response. For so, some so, so COVID is going to turn down the ventral vagal because we're wearing Ooh. masks and social distancing. It's we don't need it. <laughs> well, we can still see it through the eyes and it's definitely active in the upper part of the face as well through the eyebrows and eyes. Good. You'll sense that, that smile behind the mask. 
but we're going to have layers of things to work on through in the nervous system when you see somebody with a mask because our nervous systems can't judge as quickly and efficiently Mm -hmm. whether there's a threat or not. Yeah, for sure. I've always struggled with the, you know, you'll hear colloquially or like with different practitioners saying, oh, we're just going to switch off the sympathetic nervous system and get you in rest and digest. And I'm like, I don't think that that works that way. (laughs) Ah, Um, And I love the, because the body is just not that simple. You don't just shift, shut off half of it and use the other half. Uh, It's just like you don't use one hormone. They're all working in symphony together. So I love this theory because it, it it just honors the kind of complexity and awesomeness of the body. Oh, that's so true. I love that because we can, we can have sympathetic charge in our systems that actually feel really good, right? So playing, like playing with our kids or playing sports that turns up our sympathetic charge. We're fighting, we're running, we're playing, but we also have that middle knob turned way up too. We can be, we trust the person we're playing with. Uh, we're like, they're roughhousing, we're roughhousing. They can pin us down and we feel like laughing about it. We're okay, right? So the threat level is, is way down and our ventral vagal is up and our sympathetic charge is up. That's a fun place to be. That's exciting. That's passion. That's it's like angry sex. Angry sex, yes. <laughs> and then like calm. A into- great example. Why, why is that not a good example? Had to go it's true, right? Prematurely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then we have like things like intimacy where we're really talking deeply with our loved one and you're going to have actually the dorsal knob, the dorsal dial is going to be up a little bit because we're going to be able to just sit there and be in an intimate moment with the person that we love. And our ventral vagal is up to that middle dial. So it's really cool to play around with what your state is, right? It's not about like diminishing any particular one. It's just about knowing where you're at and choosing, choosing whether you want to be in that place or not. What, where do you really want to be? So it's like the context, right? Because we, again, everyone says, oh, the sympathetic, that's so bad. Like we're always there. We we're too stressed. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is, is how that feels in the context of, the experience of those parts of the nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is true that in general, most of us are stressed, but even if we took all, all of that away and you had a moment of nothingness, like no one around, you could be outside in nature, how much, how many of us would still have a mind that is chattering away an emotional state that is still up and down, up and down that's, um, that's telling of your own nervous system. That's nothing's actually doing that to you. This is your current state. And so just to be able to witness that and allow it to come down, a lot of us resist the sympathetic charge, the activation that we feel instead of resisting, let's just name it, call it out. If you can, if you can just be with it for a moment, and be in your body with it, what you'll notice is it'll naturally deactivate. We are meant to come down off of our charge. We just need the time and space to do it in the moment. And then once we deactivate, we experience that slow letting go, that slow release, that slow unwinding of our muscles and head and neck and 
And then we get to sit in our chairs a little better, a little deeper. I think I've heard, um, well, our, my psychotherapist here at Health Squad uh, uses this theory and she's co- uh, compared it to animals, like, right, that, that you can observe this a lot and how uh, they respond after like fighting. Right. Yep. Definitely. Like they'll, and, sh- they'll shake and they'll um, like shake out the fur and like maybe play or, or like run just to kind of dissipate that charge. Definitely. And uh, I mean, what they teach in the somatic work that I've done before is that um, because of our social um, norms, like what is acceptable and not acceptable, uh, that is what inhibits that discharge from happening, that, that coming down, right? So if we're in a car accident and someone is shaking after the car accident, right? Oh, stop shaking. Like put something on them. Like let them calm down, calm down. It's okay. That's actually your body dissipating all that energy it had to hold through that experience. So just allowing, allowing it goes a long way for many, many people. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is really this is really cool stuff. I want to know uh, just to bring it back to like how you use it clinically, maybe Christina. Like, mm-hmm. uh, can you compare? You, you know, say you saw someone who had had they're they're running at what we'd let's just say we don't all know polyvagal theory, and apparently I'm the slowest of the bunch here. But um, let's just say someone's like more in sympathetic drive. Yes. Then and we haven't we haven't even brought in the middle knob yet. Uh, so say like, why don't we make an example? Like yeah. right now, a mom's at home with three kids trying to work and yeah, <laughs> that is some, com- someone might that. identify that. Yeah. I want to yeah. compare that like six, seven years ago before you did this to how you would, how you would look at them having done it. Right. So like mm, what you cool. would have done like six or seven years ago, how mm. you would have looked at it and now seeing the, the, uh, the, the lack of, uh, you know, effects that you were looking for back then compared to what you would see now? I think the biggest uh, thing, the difference between that would be before I would jump to offering management strategies. So I see a, a woman that is in fight or flight chronically and she's overworked and I would say, okay, we're going to have 15 minutes before bed and you're going to like do this, this and this. You're going to do your yoga nidra, you're going to meditate, whatever. And when you wake up in the morning, and so I would just go to my management strategies for them and support them and then just say, well, what kind of self-care can we implement, right? What kind of, and those are all pieces of it still, especially when they come up organically from the patient, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But now when I'm sitting across from a woman that is in that place, I can hold presence for her in that charge and the moment she senses my presence her system starts to unwind what does that look like what that looks like is sometimes she'll cry Mm -hmm. sometimes she'll say oh my god i never knew that this was here this is surprising this is shocking and i'll say we don't have to stay here let's talk about the shoes you bought yesterday again right like, let's, let's go to something else that can also regulate your system. But, but we can just be in presence with her. And that's a huge difference for me, where I can just sit there and say, what do you need? And then she actually receives that in her own nervous system, what that experience is like for someone to actually be present to her coming down, allowing that. And then she gets to actually have the felt sense of being in a parasympathetic state 
which is going to help her later on to do it again. So what does that mean when you say uh, be in her presence for someone who's, you know, like me, a little slower of the bunch here? Um, Okay. So it's like if you see someone that's stressed out and you really want to jump in and say something, Mm -hmm. like you could just be like, okay, I'm just going to, instead of making it about me, right, and wanting to jump in and solve the problem, I'm going to make it about them. And I'm just going to see what they want and what they need, right? And, and just by you doing that, you're changing your relationship with them, right? And you allow what happens next to happen next. Right? So that's a desire of, of you or a mindset that you have when you're with that person. But what, what does it look like behaviorally? Like, what do you, now you're like, okay, I want to be here for this person. That's nice. That's a thought. That's like a, that's like a, I want to maintain that sort of, uh, that mindset right now. But uh, what does that look like behaviorally? What are you doing? Well, okay, it's, it's a felt sense experience for me. Like I can actually feel more presence in my body, right? So I can feel my feet on the ground, my, I, I tune into the chair underneath me, uh, and we can all do this anytime we wish. We can just, even right now, as you listen to me speak, Dave, mm-hmm. feel how, what level of presence you have in this moment, I'm locked into my feet in my chair. You are. Like you said, yeah. Yeah, okay, so you can notice that. And so just for fun, like I like to quantify things, what percentage present are you in this moment? Oh my God, what is, I'm going to get into trouble here. Like, I, I, feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm present. I mean, what does that mean? Like I'm present in this moment. But mm-hmm. I don't, does present in this moment mean like how much I can feel my butt on my chair or my feet on the floor? Well, it's, it's maybe, okay, not overthinking it, right? So notice right now your body, notice your mind, notice your emotional state. Mm-hmm. What percentage are you here and now versus I don't want to be here right now. Get me out of here. Thinking about other things, feeling other things. I don't know if I want to be feeling things on a podcast recording. No, I'm, I'm here like 70%, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's your level of presence, 70%. See. That's probably why you're not getting some things. <laughs> no, but we can't, I mean, how often are we 100% present, right? We can't be. So 70%, that's amazing. See, that's my, brain goes, my brain goes crazy because I'm like, what do you mean present? Like, I'm present with you and Kara, mm-hmm. like fully present. Yes. But I'm at, and then I'm then I'm supposed to feel it in my, my butt and my feet on the floor. So then I'm, I just, my idea of presence is, di- you know, maybe different. I don't know if I understand presence. And that's probably why I brought up the question about presence in the first place. Yes, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess You're I a see- feeler, right? Like you yeah. feel things. And uh, I, I know you got some gifts that maybe don't always get conveyed in podcasts and everything, but... Um, yeah, you're, you're a little special creature, I think. Um, and maybe feel things more than some people or feel different things than, than some people. Yeah, but I think that we can all build that too within mm. ourselves, right? Because as you keep learning about your own nervous system, as you keep tracking your, the dials and where they're at for you, then you can start to witness and say, oh, when my middle dial's turned up and both of those other ones are down, 
oh, I'm like 90% present now. What's the difference 70 to 90? I notice the quality difference in you, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the fun part about this. It's not good or bad or right or wrong or better or worse. It's mm -hmm. you get to actually judge for yourself. Well, when I'm with, you know, when you're with my husband and you guys are laughing, you're ASS, can we say bad words on oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kara I think drops. I've dropped that yeah, already. Drops okay. <laughs> when you're like laughing so hard, what level of presence is there, right? Like it's super high. And mm -hmm. so that experience is, is different than other levels of presence. Yeah, I miss but your husband. Like, what's that? Yeah, I miss your husband. Yeah, He's I know. He's one of the funniest guys ever. Yeah. You we too. have good laughs. So good laughs. Maybe what's laughing like? What's all the knobs at? When we're laughing. Yeah. When you're in a state like that with someone, your ventral vagal is, is probably up high, but maybe you have a little bit of sympathetic charge going on depending on the level of activity, but you mm -hmm. probably have quite a bit of like that dorsal response because it depends on the moment, right? If you're having a really kind of touching moment, this, this like, and you are allowing your body to be immobile, so no mobility. Mm -hmm. then your dorsal vagal is just turning up a little bit, but you feel safe in that, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're laughing with friends and joking around, it's probably just that middle dial's turned way up and, and your sympathetic charge is just kind of maybe a, a touch there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm finding, so right now while we're doing virtual care, I'm finding I have to be so intentional to be present. Yes. Right. I, I, and, and when you were asking Dave that, I'm like, I, I was really in a zone of being um, present to what you were saying. And then a little ding came up of, uh, I forgot to turn my notifications off. And it was a message about um, my daughter and something we have to, to do. And, and yeah. it just literally took me away. And you don't have the same energy of, of having that, that in-person presence it, it's just you have to be so much more intentional through a computer screen oh so true and i think that's all of technology that we're all struggling with this attention that keeps getting divided and subdivided and i think of this sometimes when i go out in nature and i actually get to settle into nature you know my mind's not going a million miles, miles a minute i'm like this is and when you're camping i think of it as when, when you're camping and you're out for like five days you have no technology or minimal exposure, there's nothing around, you slow down so much and you notice everything and the movement of the water and the trees and the every minute thing, that's, that really slows our systems down, right? For some people that can be very frustrating and hard to slow down that much. But for others, it's like, oh, finally, I get here again, right? This slowness. But we, we don't have the opportunities for that as much nowadays than we did when we didn't have all of this. But slow down, we have to be, you know, have to be like careful with language too, because what you're saying <laughs> is slow down and some people might not. Uh, I don't think maybe they understand the, you're slowing down the, the waste, right? You're, in a way, like, so my example, what I'm thinking of is I, I had a job that I, really didn't care for. They paid me quite handsomely and it was a ridiculous sort of job, meaningless, whatever job in the mm -hmm. summer when I was a naturopathic student. And uh, <clears throat> I went on a five day canoe trip and I, and so, so before this, I was like falling asleep, uh, you know, at my desk at this meaningless job where I wasn't very 
useful and like all the signs of what, you know, maybe old naturopaths would call adrenal fatigue or whatever. Yes. Just asleep, like honestly going to the washroom just for somewhere else to go and sit. Like it was bad. And I, and it was like, my energy was low, low, low. I went on a five day canoe trip, uh, Spanish river. And, uh, I came back and for the rest of the summer, I was like, like, just go. I was, so I slowed down, but I was yes. like efficient kind of when I came back. That's right. But I didn't, I, you know, sometimes people are overly simplistic, maybe like me sometimes. So I'm just trying to say, I think your idea of slow down, <clears throat> I think people need to know that sometimes that just make, it makes you better in a way. It's not like you're slower. I was actually like, I was sharp after five days of being in nature. That's it. Because all I did was paddle. I was out in the sun. I went to bed when it was dark. I got up. I did a lot of physical activity, cooked some food, laughed my ass off with a couple of little <laughs> boys. <laughs> And that was it. I came back like nervous system, like honestly reset. So. so, so in the form of those dials, before you left, you were likely in a high dorsal state. You may have been in a bit of freeze or parts of your experience and body were in freeze. And so when you got away for a whole five days, that allowed enough of the ventral vagal break, that vagal break to turn on. And um, that sympathetic charge to slowly come down, unwind, and be productive, right, mm -hmm. in your environment. Like, I'm paddling. I'm actively mm -hmm. fleeing or fighting, right? And so then as that sympathetic charge goes down, you're actually integrating back into your body. You're being present more in your body. And then you have energy becomes available. Because mm -hmm. as we became human, so from reptile to mammal to human, we actually aren't meant to spend a lot of time at all in freeze. And so this is why trauma is so debilitating because especially early trauma, if it puts us into a freeze state often, we carry that nervous system pattern with us into adulthood and we have very low energy levels because we cannot functioning very, function very well when we're in a high dorsal state for a long period of time. So we want to continue to unravel that so that energy can come back into our systems. So what are the more common symptoms of say that, that freeze? Like, so someone might be able, who's listening might be able to relate and go, yeah, I got a bit of freeze type mm. symptoms going on. What are some common, maybe not everything, but like some more common ones you see? Yeah. So everyone experiences it differently and uniquely, but uh, I can speak about myself. I, when I'm in freeze, I notice this fog or fuzzy quality of energy come over my forehead. When it's really bad, it will envelop my whole head. Um, I will also feel parts of my body that I'm disconnected from. So I might not be able to feel my hands as much or my feet as much. I'll lose connection with my own body. So people will come in and say, I don't feel, I feel completely disconnected from myself. I feel out of my body, they'll say, right? Or um, I feel really foggy and fuzzy and out of it. Like those are, and then numbness a numbness is another, you know, I just feel numb, overall numb. That's, mm -hmm. to me, that speaks to the freeze response in the body. Or trapped. I would, sometimes I get to a, a place where I feel trapped. So, trapped. That, so, would so that would be like, if there's so much charge of fight flight, mm -hmm. then it goes into overwhelm and to freeze where um, these, these competing charges in the body, then we collapse, we go into stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we can't sort out all of it all at once. So we just, yeah, we, we, we feel trapped. Go on. 
I was going to just say, um, for our listeners listening, um, and we talked about this before we recorded, um, they might, all they might know is, I'm stressed, or they've been told, you're just stressed, it's just stressed, all of these physical things are just stressed, we can't find any other reason. Right. Um, they've been Taylor Swift, like, they, they've been told, you just need to calm down, <laughs> um, <laughs> So that might be all they know, right? That, that they're stressed and they can't find a way out of it because life is their life. Mm-hmm. How do you, I'm hearing from you that you're just trying to get them to experience what that feels like in their body and to start being curious about that. But yeah, what, are the, what would you say to that person that is just stressed? For sure. So when we think about the vagal, the polyvagal theory, the vagus nerve, Uh, The things that are going to help bring on what's called the vagal break, like turn up that vagal tone, are going to be things that um, involve long exhalation, for example. So singing can be helpful, chanting, uh, wind instruments, playing wind instruments. So these are things that uh, Stephen Porges, who came up with this theory, talks about. Uh, I also created a... um, a YouTube video called Mini Mental Break Mastermind that actually goes into nine ways that you can get into a rest and digest state in three to five minutes. And it's really using that nervous system. We talk about it through the webinar there. Um, And a huge, like a really important one would be just to orient to your environment. That will really disconnect the mind and emotional, internal emotional chaos and allow you, allow the nervous system to see that it is not under present day threat, if in that moment you're not under threat. So just to look around your room, as long as it's not a messy room and you need to clean it up and that would make you more stressed, get out of that room, go somewhere where you don't have any responsibility and you can just look at the environment and use your eyes, use your ears. This is signaling to your brain different input, right? It's coming in, different input saying, oh, there's nothing wrong here. I'm, I'm okay. And you're kind of assessing that. Your system's actually assessing it as you look, as you listen, as you touch. That's a big one. So just touching a tree or touching the grass and actually feeling the experience in your body. Then, So again, tuning into sensations when you do that. It's going to allow you to come into the present moment where there's likely no threat, and that will initiate that ventral vagal response and then that slowing down of the sympathetic charge in the dorsal vagal. So, Christine, what do you what do you um, what do you think would be best? Like, do you think it would be best if every naturopath knew how to do this kind of thing that you're doing, or do you think it would be best if everyone was trained how to do the, do it themselves? Like. What would be, oh, what good do you think question. of those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, when I first started taking SE, I'm like, every MD needs to do this. <laughs> every MD because It's like me with like, visceral manipulation. I'm like, every MD, <laughs> you, you need to know this. Yeah, yeah because, because we would approach each patient so differently if we, if we did this. But, but I think a huge benefit comes to when we do it for ourselves because we actually become better practitioners, more better in the sense that you can tune in to what your, your person in front of you really needs in that moment. You're just, you're more in line with that. The more that you can let go of the stuff that's holding you back in your sessions, right? And, and, and so, for, if you, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you keep oh, going. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so just knowing, I, I think that it actually is probably a greater benefit to do the work on yourself first, and then you can kind of work outwards from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just going to say as a medicine, like when you're teaching your patients, these techniques, um, it, it's kind of, it's a medicine that's inherent to them, which is always something we strive for, right? That it's, it's like an inherent capacity mm-hmm. to, to heal. Well, and this is why I, I saw this happening in my patients and I wanted to create, so I created an online course for people. It's an eight-week online program where you actually get to see the process of how to learn how to listen to your body, learn how to unwind your own fight, flight, and freeze, and and see the layering of it, right? Um, And the point, it really, like the true point of all of this is to know that in every present moment, you you might come in contact with something that your nervous system perceives as a threat, And this is called neuroception. Your nervous system perceives it as a threat. You don't know it intellectually. And so if you can start to pinpoint my body is having this response and track it and unwind it, then you're actually doing the work, the healing work yourself. And so just this online program is all about giving people the ability to do it themselves so that they can not get so pissed off that their kids are screaming at the front door when they get home, not get so um, feeling trapped and alone and like they want to run uh, with these common everyday experiences that we all have. So what's the um, sort of typical kind of person that you're seeing go into your program and and get good results? Like what what do you normally see? Because you've been doing it for a little while now, right? Yeah, yeah. This has been the third round now. I usually run it in the spring and in the fall. And uh, we've got a group of 12 amazing people this time around. So so really, it's a lot of people that come into it are either feeling a heightened emotional or mental state that they can't regulate themselves, or they're feeling a sensation like pain or um, some headaches, some sort of physical symptom or sensation that everyone says is not linked to anything or it's due to stress. And so then they come in, yeah, it's, it's, and they come in and they say, well, what is this about? Right. And so then we, all of the lessons are geared towards really allowing it to be there, exploring what's underneath it and building the resources beside and around it so that it can dissolve. It can Un, uh, kind of basically uncouple and disengage and then you can kind of sort it out one by one by one. And what are some of the things they've, they've tried before like trying out the program? Like what are some things they've tried? Have they tried like taking Nervines and they tried exercise? They tried yoga? Like what have they tried? Yeah, a lot of them have already been in the realm of they meditate, they do yoga, they take care of themselves, they exercise, they eat pretty well. Um, and, and, they'll, and everyone will also notice things through the program too, like, oh, I eat when this happens or I drink when this happens, right? And you'll learn about your behaviors and how that impacts your system too. Uh, but usually they've tried a lot of different things. Um, some of them have been to naturopaths, but not always. Uh, but really, essentially, they just feel like unmet, you know, and unheard. And they just want to figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you like people to know 
what, what's, what's something you're like, oh, if people just understood this about stress and about their bodies um, and about how we manage or, or heal, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? I wish people knew that the body took every single opportunity that it has and tries to heal. It actually will move to that place as in any instant that it has a, a morsel of support, uh, a, an opportunity for a little bit of expansion and settling. The body w- wants to take that opportunity. Um, and and I want people to know that if they are struggling and it feels like chaotic and they keep running the same circuits over and over again, that's their nervous system. That's not them. It's not your fault. It's your nervous system patterns. And so if you can pick out and learn your nervous system patterns, you can actually take back ownership and control and say, well, what do I really need to do about this? That's what I want people to know is that they have the power within their own bodies to do something about their own stress response. And it's not just to fill their schedule with self-care strategies. You can actually track sensations, learn about your fight, flight, and freeze, and return to a healing state again and again and again. Okay, so if they wanted to get a, a hold of uh, like what you're doing or uh, maybe get an idea of what you're doing, like is there somewhere they can, uh, they can find you online or, or just to even get a start there? Or if you want to mm-hmm. send, uh, if you think they should start somewhere else, like where do you think people should start if they think they're interested in this kind of thing? Yeah, well, I, I have created, um, so there's the bodywiseinsights.com is the website. And you can sign up just on that website and you'll get audios and videos of me teaching different things. And we'll go through experiential pieces where they can actually feel it in their own bodies and notice their own body's healing response. So I offer a lot of that through the website if you sign up to the email. Also, I have a YouTube channel, same, same name, Bodywise Insights, Facebook page, Instagram, all the same name, Bodywise Insights. So lots of social uh, you know, stuff that you guys can engage in that way. Um, but also checking out like Peter Levine's books and Stephen Porge's books for really uh, foundational stuff. And especially Stephen Porridge's book, The Polyvagal Theory, The Pocket, du- Pocket Guide to the Polyvagal Theory, it goes through it in depth and in detail. And that's a really great way to wrap your head around it. But if you want the sort of the experiential pieces, then definitely check out any of those, um, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Well, my ventral vagal <laughs> nervous system lit up because your smile is like infectious <laughs> and I can see why Dave calls you an angel because I, I, I love the passion for what you're doing and, and I think it's a, a really, um, I, I think it's a very fresh look on the nervous system um, than that kind of binary, you know, tiger bear chasing us version that we've kind of dumbed down so far that it's really meaningless. And I really appreciate you talking to us um, and kind of expanding that. And I think this is just the start for a lot of people listening because I think they're going to really identify with the way that you've talked about the nervous system. So um, thank you so much for cracking that open for us. You're welcome. Do you want to do something fun and cool just for a second? 
we can do fun and cool. We're fun and cool, eh, Dave? Yeah, we are. And you, you've changed Kara's voice. You've done something to her. her definitely to the middle knob. It's it's definitely changed. So, so play away. So just just out of curiosity, it, when you see me smile right now, just feel your body. What do you notice inside? I'm smiling too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are those mirror mirror neurons, right? Between you and I, that you you get to feel what I'm feeling right now too. And so you feel yourself smiling. And what else happens inside? Um, if just there's a feels lifty. Oh, nice. I'm just happy, just lifty. Yay! And lifty is that to I, your whole body, or is it somewhere in particular? Um, no, it's like, it's from here up. It's definitely cause I'm kind of slouched in my chair. I'm not like yeah. rising out of it, but, um, yeah, no, just, just, just kind of glow like happy. Yeah. I'm just yeah. having fun and happy. And like, it feels like a good contagious energy. I'm very susceptible to energy. So I yeah. do like, if you came on and were really grumpy, I would be very grumpy by the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I take it when it's a big smile. It's so cool because what you described is all the ventral vagal, right? Because it's above the diaphragm. It's mm -hmm. like you're pointing to your chest and your heart. And then that tone that I have in my voice actually allows your muscles in your inner ear to tune into the emotion in it. And that actually steps up your vagal break, which is really cool, right? It's so it's very all, cool. Yes. So you are actively in the vagal state right now. Awesome. I need to take that forward to the rest of my day. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me here. This was wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much, Teeny. And make sure you say hi to Rich for me. Okay. I will. <laughs> so how does it work? Okay. I have to ask this. How does it work being an ND couple? Like, cause I think for me, that would be a disaster. <laughs> Just it's, to be honest, how, how does it work? How does it go? I'm, I mean, I, I love it. It's amazing. The show is totally still oh, on. Okay. <laughs> I love it. it. And you know, it, what's hilarious right now is it's Rich and my uh, nine-year wedding anniversary today. Oh, yay. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it, it really works well for us because our, um, just our framework is the same and our belief system is the same. And so, there's a lot less discussions or conversations around okay. things that come up around our kids or, or um, just around health and wellness. We're on the same page a lot of the time. So, and we're both also like I'm Croatian, he's Slovenian. So we also come from a lineage that's similar too. So it, it just allows for just ease, 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 ease more than, um, I don't know if we didn't have that. So I like it. D d where does it not work? It's got to not work somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean. Do you argue about cases over dinner or something? No, actually, you know what? We, oh, we decided early that. on not to discuss <laughs> cases very okay, much. Cool. Right? Unless we yep. really needed the help of the other person, we often don't because we don't want to bring work home. We'll talk about the business. You know, we'll have our right. keep time to that. But otherwise, we don't. Because, yeah, it would eat away your yeah. time, today, yeah. right? We have two kids. It's way too busy for that kind of thing. So <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us.